Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Here Radio. we go. Let's Welcome to the Pond Hunter broadcast from the Under the Sea Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic. Take a look into the world of koi ponds, water gardens, and the lifestyles of the aquatically obsessed. Meet the pros, hobbyists, and cover some no-nonsense pond advice straight from the field. The Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, here's your host, koi pond and water garden expert, Mike Gannon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast, episode 54. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I'm happy to be here with you all. I'm a pond professional and owner of Full Service Aquatics based out of Summit, New Jersey. My company designs, installs, and services koi ponds and water gardens. We create world-class water features. You can check out the Full Service Aquatics website at fullserviceaquatics.com or loveyourpond.com. That's easy to remember. Being based in Summit, New Jersey, we are a pond company that deals with lots of seasonal changes. The weather in New Jersey can swing more than 100 degrees in the course of a year, and in the winter, it can get really cold. Because of that type of weather, there's some things that New Jersey pond keepers need to do for our ponds in this part of the world. Things we need to do to make sure our clients' ponds make it through the winter successfully and come back into the spring successfully. We need to do certain things for our equipment, our fish, our plants. And in this episode, I want to talk to you all about how to winterize your aquatic plants. I want to share with you what I have found to be successful for the many ponds and water gardens that we manage and the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plants that we deal with. As a professional and a lifelong hobbyist, I've gotten and given lots of advice on various issues regarding successful pond keeping and water gardening. One of the things that I have found is that there is a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of bad advice, even advice that just does not really make any sense to me. And of course, regarding this particular topic of how to winterize aquatic plants. So this is an important topic to discuss. It's a topic that many pond keepers have to deal with. And it's also one of those topics that has some bad info out there surrounding it. Some common advice that's being given out there is some advice that I once gave out as well. It was advice that I had gotten by way of word of mouth back in the day, you know, pre-internet, when we shared advice that way, spoken, written. That particular advice is that pond keepers should sink their plants to the bottom of the pond for the winter months. This is bad advice. I've decided. It's advice that I once gave out as well, so I'm guilty too, but I was essentially just parroting back to people some advice that I took from someone who I felt they knew what they were talking about. 
and they likely heard it from someone else. Sink your plants to the bottom of the pond? Sure, why not? Sounded good to me at the time because I really didn't know any better, and I trusted my source. And the truth is, I said, sure, why not? But never really stopped to give any thought to the why not of that advice. So today, I'll give you my take on how to prepare aquatic plants for winter. I have some good, solid, now time-tested, field-tested advice on how to winterize aquatic plants and some much better insight into the why not of placing your aquatic plants on the bottom of your pond for the winter months. But we'll also just cover some good basic information on how to prepare aquatic plants for winter. And listen, this information is geared towards those pond keepers and water gardeners who live in areas that get very cold and freezing weather conditions. If you're in Hawaii listening to this or in Florida, barely six feet above sea level down there with the pond monster, then this topic will interest you but may not be put into practice, okay? So winterizing aquatic plants. Let's start with some plants I can cover real quick. Let's actually start with tropical aquatic plants as long as we're talking about Florida and Hawaii. Um, Tropical plants can essentially be treated in the northern regions where it does get cold, can essentially be treated as annuals unless you do some work to winterize them. Winterizing tropicals is a different podcast. So in the interest of getting to the real topic, let's just say to treat tropicals as annuals. Tropical lilies can be winterized. There's a process to do that, and it's not too complicated. But again, that's another podcast. Tropical marginals can be tossed. Some can be garaged, or some even brought indoors as a houseplant. Um, Tropical floaters like water hyacinth and water lettuce, those can be composted. That's tropicals in a nutshell. Again, other podcasts to really cover all that stuff. Now the hardy aquatic plants that we want to talk about. Let's start with submerged plants. I suggest that if you're using submerged aquatic plants like anacris, elodia, hornwort, etc., to try to just get them out of your pond, <laughs> like permanently. They tend to be invasive in backyard water gardens, kind of dirty plants, so to speak. So if you can get them out, that's kind of what I would suggest. Otherwise, I would just thin them as much as possible for the winter months. Other submerged species, like the hardy lily, the water lily, can stay in the pond, fully submerged, just like where it lived all year. You don't have to move it. And after the first hard frost, you can pinch back all the leaves, the spent blooms and stems almost down to the crown of the plant and leave just about three inches of stem above the crown. If there happens to be any little tiny sprouts of new growth, those little leaves just unfurling coming out, which is not unusual, just leave those alone. Don't pinch those back. Let them kind of stay the course so they're the first bits of growth for the new season come springtime. And again, the water lily is already submerged, so winterizing is easy. The biggest mistakes I see happening are with the marginals and emergence that live along the edges of our ponds, which are probably 90% of what's out there in the water gardening world. These are the plants that for some reason are being drowned every winter by some pond keepers. So again, the advice that so many professionals and hobbyists give out is to sink your marginals to the bottom of the pond for the winter months. 
See that iris? That's been kicking ass all season, growing, towering above the water, blooming like crazy. Yeah, place it on the bottom of the pond. See that killer royal pickerel doing great on the edge of the pond? To the bottom. Marsh marigold, sink it. Sweet flag, going down. Canna, bombs away. Horsetail, swim with the fishies. Forget me not, forget about it. On the bottom of the pond, they all go. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? What are we doing? The hardy marginal plants that are available to pond keepers have become popular for the very reason that they are easy to keep. Most of them, in fact, are pretty bulletproof if given enough light and food. Marginal plants in the pond and the plant kingdom are some of the damn toughest plants found on the planet. They live, they thrive in environments that most creatures cannot handle. They live full exposure to all elements, living along waterways, some of the most dangerous and unpredictable real estate and habitat on the planet. Marginal aquatic plants can handle some of the most extreme circumstances in nature, which makes them very suitable candidates for our water gardens and ponds because they're so easy. Aquatic marginals have been genetically programmed over thousands and millions of years to live in and thrive in the harshest of conditions. So why do we feel they need our help to live through winter? These are plants that can handle exposure to full sun day after day, year after year. These plants can handle seasonal changes in photo periods, longer days or longer nights, no problem to them. They can handle extreme rain, flooding, freezing weather, literally being frozen in sub-zero conditions, buried in snow for months at a time sometimes. They can handle wind. They can handle heat waves, extreme temperature highs, even drought. Yes, aquatic plants, marginals, will often bounce back from even extreme drought. These are some of the toughest creations on this planet. And somehow we have convinced ourselves that they need our help. Our precious little snowflake plants need us. Right. So let's picture this. Let's go with pickerel. I like pickerel. Pontideria cordata. In nature, we'll find this plant in large patches along a riverside or pond stream. This plant deals with all the harsh conditions we just talked about, including flooding, where it may be submerged for generally short periods of time. It is not a submersible plant. No marginal plants are meant to live submerged. At most, these plants may live submerged for a short period of time during a flood event, for example. But how long do flood events typically last? A few hours to a few days? And these plants can take it. Imagine being a plant that grows tall above ground, enjoys the wind and the sun, but gets flooded for a few days. It can handle that just fine. Most things on this planet would die under the same circumstances. Just die. But as fate may find it, a container of this beautiful plant that thrives in the harshest of conditions finds its way into our pond. And we decide that this plant can't handle winter anymore. So what do we do? Here's where it gets interesting. What we do is kind of strange. When the temperatures in our area start to drop, the measures we take to, quote-unquote, save our plant go like this. First, 
basically cut off all of its leaves and green growth, which I agree with actually, and we'll get into that. So we cut off the leaves, hopefully just above the crown of the plant with about four to five inches of the stem left. Then we take this plant and put it into an extended period of extreme flooding, complete submersion. These plants can take floods, but most floods will not completely cover the most flooding are elevated water levels of many inches or so. Sometimes extreme can be a couple feet, but that's not the usual. So we are essentially placing the plant into a state of extreme flooding for not just a few hours or days. No, we're allowing the plant to live in this state of flooding for sometimes months, right? Kind of bad, right? Kind of an extreme condition to put the plant into while we're, quote unquote, helping it. Now, add to that, we're reducing the amount of oxygen the plant is exposed to. Plants do need to breathe, you know, um, especially marginals. These plants did not evolve like their submerged cousins who live very well underwater. So we've cut off his leaves, flooded it, cut off oxygen. But wait, it gets better. How about light? This plant is not out in the sunlight anymore. Not only are the days shorter, but good luck absorbing those rays of light from three feet underwater. And when the snow comes, these marginal plants are now condemned to live in darkness, perhaps for many months, all under our care. Scalps, oxygen deprived, sunlight deprived for many months because we want to help this poor little plant. What are we doing? The sinking your plant to the bottom of the pond really makes sense. Why do we do this? Who started this? I want names. Here's what I suggest. Leave your plants alone, or at least don't move them if they're happy where they are during the rest of the season. If your pickerel, iris, marigold, arrowhead, talia, sweet flag, your choice of hardy marginal thrived all season, don't take it away from the place it loves. For most marginals, a good way, perhaps the best way to get them ready for winter is to keep it very simple. I do cut back the leaves of marginals, most of them. I cut them back because usually after the first hard frost, the leaves are going to brown out, mush over, and die in your pond. So cutting back the leaves is simply a way to keep the pond interior cleaner during the winter months when us pond keepers are not doing much maintenance or being as attentive. This is the main reason I suggest cutting them back. And also, that's taking into consideration you probably have fish in your ponds as well. If it's pure water garden, no fish or anything, could be a different scenario. I recommend leaving three to five inch stem above the crown for any plants that you are cutting back. Once the plant is cut back, just leave it alone. Don't move it. Don't seek it. Just leave it in its happy place. Allow it to bear the conditions that nature has developed in this plant over millennia. A mild New Jersey winter is nothing to these plants. An extreme Minnesota winter is nothing to these plants. It can literally be that easy to winterize your hardy aquatic plants. Probably the best way to get these plants ready for winter is to find out where they are happy during the season, let them thrive there, and grow into the area, fortifying themselves. Year after year, getting bigger, stronger, more beautiful every year. Our helping hand of drowning them out for several months at a time 
is a huge step backward in the plant's progress and success every year that you do it. Are there other advantages to just leaving them in place? I think so. I think there's several. How about this scenario? It's early March. We just broke fee of the rains of the February freeze. It still is not nice out, but the ice on the pond has turned more into a slushy type of covering with a fair amount of open water. While the submerged plants are still sitting in a state of flood, and it's mostly dark due to the slushy covering, partial freezing of the pond, the plants that were left in place where they were doing well during the previous growing season are now fully exposed from the melting away of the ground snow. They're enjoying the subtle changes of the growing amount of daylight each day and the subtle changes of rising air temperatures. These pond plants are already out there in their element. Do you think these plants that are now out in the open air are registering these seasonal changes? Wouldn't you think that the subtle rises in temperature and elongating of daylight trigger some plants at a fairly early point in the season? Of course it does. And what's happening with the submerged plants? Nada. Nothing. Because they're submerged in the dark at the bottom of a pond. It's the first week of March, and these submerged plants are already way behind. They're not experiencing the changes in air temperature. They've not felt any change in water temperature in weeks, perhaps, more than that, maybe a month. And the plants up at the surface, well, they're loving life about now. Imagine being a plant for a moment, if you will, coming out of a dormant state in early March and feeling those very first sunny days before spring. That strange, beautiful transitional period that March is known for. These plants are loving this. Some of them break through the snow to capture some of that amazing sunlight. Imagine basking in the sunlight, feeling those cold breezes against your young new growth, strengthening and growing each day. In other words, being a plant. This is what plants are. This is what they are made to be. They love this stuff. Our plants not crazy during the spring, but those submerged plants feel meal. They're still sitting at the bottom of the pond in a perpetual state of being flooded. Who knows when it's going to end? They can't enjoy that occasional 60, 65 degree day that the plants that are out exposed get to enjoy. They're not receiving that amazing sunlight of spring, early spring, they're not enjoying the cool breezes and fresh air, the air that the plants love. And then when we decide they are ready, or when we finally have a weekend day to get them out of the bottom of our ponds, let's say sometime in May, <laughs> we suddenly, nothing gradual about it at all, we suddenly rip these plants from the dark, cold depths of our ponds and we slap them back onto the plant shelves. And expect them to bounce right back and be beautiful again in no time. What are we doing? What kind of expectation is that? I'll tell you. We are depriving them of being plants, depriving them of being what they are. We are oppressing them. I will tell you right now. I'll tell you right here. And remember where you heard it. Putting your plants at the bottom of the pond during winter months is anti-plantism. Out and out anti-plantism. 
don't be an anti-plantite. All I ask is that you give it a try. Leave your plants in place next end of the season. Don't sink them to the bottom of your pond. I bet your plants will do better the following season, maybe even much better. It also allows you to enjoy your pond longer. You may look out your window with spring fever getting to you and see those first signs of growth and flowering. Don't you love that? Wouldn't you get to enjoy this? You wouldn't get to enjoy this if your plants are two feet underwater. Keep your plants in place and really get to know the cycles of growth in your water garden. You'll gain a deeper understanding of your pond and how it truly functions. You'll have an entire new dynamic to your pond keeping experience as well, and it's totally worth it. And best of all, it's a little less work to do on your pond when you don't have to sink your pond plants every year at the end of the season and and get in there to retrieve them out of the bottom of your pond early in the season. So that is kind of my take on how to winterize aquatic plants. And I hope that makes sense. And thanks for listening, everybody. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I'm the owner of Full Service Aquatics, a pond and water feature company based in Summit, New Jersey. If I can help any listeners out there with any pond issue, I hope you will reach out to me. My email is mgannon, M-G-A-N-N-O-N, at fullserviceaquatics.com. My phone number is 908-277-6000. Give me a call. If you're considering a pond, water garden, water feature project, well, let's talk. My company creates world-class water features, and we'd like to create one with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode on how to winterize aquatic plants. You can find more Pond Hunter on YouTube. Check out my videos and pond projects. I'm also on Twitter. You can see my tweets of pond-related content. Facebook, I post daily. And, of course, Blog Talk Radio and iTunes have the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast Archives with lots of great shows, cool guests, and content on all things aquatic. So take care, everybody, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. That's a right, uh, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Peace out. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.